cannot stand being attached sometimes because I live in a state where some of these politicians come from. Some of the questions that I get asked about them are just, you know, they're just putting me on the spot. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and on the Odyssey app, you can find the podcast for Straight Talk and Lock and Load, my syndicated show. If you like, it is there for you now. And we're migrating everything over there. 3,000 some odd episodes. So, uh, And, of course, we have this 100,000 watt radio signal umbrella that just covers just everything. One of the... Uh, I, I've always thought that Nikki Haley was a political lightweight. And by that, I, I don't think she actually thinks for herself. Right? The other day, now, what's what's going on right now is uh, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville has put a hold on military promotions over the administration's embrace of the far-left social policy. So, Haley who's been told that there is no such thing as bad publicity. She got on Hugh Hewitt's radio show and said that Tuberville's standoff with the Pentagon was, and they are, see, this is about them embracing abortion and transgenderism. And this jeopardizes national security. Let me explain something to you. In, in the 80s, when we were over there in, in Europe and everything, um, if I had a cavity... I was non-deployable, and as soon as that came down, I'd be sitting. You know, we'd be sitting at attention in the first uh, in the first formation of the day. First sergeant would call it, "Freddy, you got a dental appointment," and they would take. And I mean, uh, you know, they would make me deployable. It's all about being able to deploy. Nobody in the military gets that. There's nobody that has a job in the military to where if you. Something happens, and they have to send force that you are not available to deploy. Now, you may not be a frontline combatant. You may be a cook. You may be admin. You may be in medical. You may be in intelligence or transportation or the whole logistical uh, supply chains that are in that. You may be part of that, but you got to be able to deploy. Getting out there and funding abortion and transgenderism, is that means you're not deployable. So he put a hold on military promotions when they implemented a, a new abortion policy allowing service members three weeks of paid leave and travel in pursuit of an abortion. Now, that's not a military concern, right? One thing I was told in the military, I was married at the time, and I got told more than once by my, and this was the truth, at any time that they wanted to, they could have told me, send your wife home, you're coming in the barracks. Because in the military, they own you. This is a very socialistic sort of existence. You're not out there saying, well, I need a day off. Okay, well, you can have a few of them when you get out. But until then, your butt's mine. Haley gets out there and she comes up, uh, she, she, she goes against, looks at his move to, to rip the Pentagon out of the abortion business as shameful. And she tied this effort to the military's recruiting crisis. So 
she's saying that because this guy's out here saying, well, you can't join the military and get an abortion because you have to be deployable. Um, that's aiding the uh, and abetting the recruiting crisis. Uh, that's that's not what's going on. Haley now goes, uh, she joins now with people like Mitch McConnell and John Thune and all these other guys that are out there uh, declaring abortion a sacred obligation of the military while these GOP guys just look the other way. They just turn a blind eye, you know, have drinks later. But then there's the, uh, you know, transgender thing, the pronoun police and all this other stuff. And these things are the true culprit of the recruitment woes. And uh, (laughs) Trump had in place a policy where you were disqualified if you had a history or diagnosis of gender dysphoria, which is a mental illness. Biden reinstated trans-identified service members despite that treatment. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's say I joined the military. Hi there. I want to join the military. My name is Bill, but I actually want to go by Wilhelmina. And uh, yes, I want to have uh, I want to have that that operation where it turns my Audi into an innie. How long does it take to recover from that? You think when they do that, it's not like it's not like when you get your knee arthroscoped, right? I mean, I've I've even had a heart cath done and been able to get up and go out the same day. It, that was really easy because they just apparently heart caths are painful. It didn't hurt me so. When, they, when I had mine, they said, well, if you can get up and walk, you can leave. I said, well, give me some pants. <laughs> so, you know, having trans-identified soldiers coming in means that there's going to be disruptions to their readiness to deploy. They're going to have to go through a hormone transition. Then they're going to get a gender reassignment surgery. And during all this time, these people walking around in uniform, getting paid to be soldiers, are not deployable. They're not deployable, so somebody's going to have to do a second deployment in their place during this process. See, the way we keep, we, you're trying to keep these guys sane, these kids, so you, you cycle them in and then you bring them out and you put somebody else in their place. And when you're doing this, when you actually have members in slots, because that's what it's all about. Like when I when I, when I made E five, the only reason I made E five was because there was enough room in the military for another E five. If there had not been a slot available, and then I have to find a slot to, to to work. I mean, I can't. I had a sergeant that was over me. I can't be a sergeant and still work for him because everybody'd be like, "Well, sooner or later he's going to buck him." So they want to put me somewhere else. In 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 the interim, we got Nikki Haley who goes around, she doesn't go around saying she's the former governor of South Carolina. She goes around saying she's the former UN ambassador, which is just about the easy, I I think I could do that. I think some of you could probably do that. So, (laughs) um, and you know what we did? We got rid of 8,400 viable combatants because they wouldn't take a vaccine shot. That was a Biden thing. Um, maybe if, you know, if they're, if they're short people, maybe they should go to those guys that actually wanted to be in the military. 
The, the Army, Navy, and Air Force are expecting to miss recruitment goals this year as the administration dismissed thousands of otherwise healthy service members. Most of the people that are 17 to 23 are not eligible. You can't go in. Uh, you can't go into the military when you're obese, and obesity is the leading disqualifier because you actually have to get up. You have to at at Fort Jackson. When they put me at Fort Jackson, the first thing they told us is if you're not in formation, you got to run everywhere you go. So I did a lot of running for eight weeks. A lot of everywhere I went, I was running. And I was a little overweight when I went in. Now I lost 40 pounds in basic training. When I, when I got back into my civilian clothes, I'd gone in, uh, I couldn't wear them. So I just wore my uniform. <laughs> and yet here we have Nikki Haley, who's married to a military guy and should know better. She's saying that this is threatening military vigilance, threatening our readiness. Uh, you can't have a bunch of non-deployable patients taking up space in the military. That's not how that works. All right. I, I, you know, I do this thing with New Life Weight Loss, and I'm about to do this event. Joining me uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Dr. Elliot. Just to clarify a few things for you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, March the 20th. That was the first day I was live here at WORD. It was also the first day of my New Life Weight Loss actual program beginning i'd gone through the uh i'd gone through the whole uh loading phase the first two days of the loading phase and uh, now here we are 145 days later and things are much different for me in a great many ways and joining me now from new life weight loss is the 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 designer of the program dr elliot hershorn how are you doing today sir hey bill i'm fantastic how are you i'm good I'm good. One, one thing I try to impress upon uh, upon uh, the listeners when I'm telling them about New Life is that what I started with New Life, the program I started with with New Life, has changed. You, you're not just laying out a diet and saying, these are the approved foods, these are only the approved foods, and you have to stick to this, and you can never have any more fun and have anything delicious again. <laughs> That, yeah, that's correct. You know, this first of all, it has to be a lifestyle change, but it also has to fit into your lifestyle. That's what that's what's ultimately going to make it sustainable. Well, and I think the the part that is uh, that should be encouraging is like once you get the hang of this and you figure out, well, okay, I'm going to eat. You need to wake up every morning hungry, don't you? You don't you don't you don't need to you you don't need more food than it takes for the day. Right. That's correct. And, and, you know, I was sort of like stockpiling there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> As a lot of us do. So, uh, and, and with this, I mean, uh, some of the things that have happened with me, like my blood pressure, when Trisha took my blood pressure last week, she said, this is so low that I'm almost concerned. And I mean, I haven't yeah, had 103 over 64. It's, it's not just about the weight. The weight no. is a symptom of an underlying right. problem or right. problems, plural. Right. And so that's what we're getting at with, you know, for example, the testing is we're trying to figure out what is contributing to the weight. Why are you stuck on a plateau? What are the reasons why you've been so frustrated for so long? Those are the things we start to uncover as we go through the program, and that's what helps us to customize it to your specific needs. So let me give a little background just so you guys can, and I'm going to give, there's a lot of people out there listening that have this issue today. So uh, 
I was put on prednisone by a certain medical agency, and they kept me on it for four years. I gained a lot of weight. Wow. And my A1C went to 11 at one point. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And I went to a doctor who saw the A1C, and even though she knew that I was on prednisone, and prednisone drives your A1C up, as it also helps you gain weight because I gained 40 pounds, um, she decided I was full-blown diabetic and put me on medication for diabetes, took everything away that I was taking at the time and started me on that. My feet went numb. I went into heart failure one time on her little stuff. Mm. I, and uh, I had to fire her, and then I got a good doctor who listens, and uh, we changed everything back up. And then I'm with him, I at that point, my A1C was at 8. And he gave me enough time to get it down below to where I wouldn't be on that medication again because I don't want to take the medication. But I found out because of the testing that my A1C, in your opinion, it takes me out of even the pre-diabetic stage, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. What, what we discussed yesterday, which you can share if you would like, um, you're out of the, the pre-diabetes range. Yep, yeah. you're doing great on your A1C. Absolutely. Uh, 5.2. Uh, I don't know yeah. I don't know where, where it's... Uh, and I, I like it at, at that. That's uh, I'm glad that's... Because I'm not missing any of the stuff that drove it up, but we got a we got a we got a event coming up. We got we're going to uh, we do. And uh, for those of you that have, some of you have been there and you've actually been through the uh, consulting. And maybe for whatever reason you haven't done it, if you want to come and talk to me and ask me, I will give you the pros and cons. And. You would you would agree there for people making a lifestyle change, there are some things that are going to be more difficult than others, aren't there? Absolutely, and it's not you know honestly it's not a good fit for everybody. In fact, uh, we just discussed at our meeting this morning, Dean had to have a you know heart to heart conversation with one of his um, consultations yesterday. Uh, the, the gentleman just wasn't really interested in making changes for himself, and you know it gets to the point where we can't care more about you than you care about yourself. Right. So Dean had to tell him, you know, it's not a good fit for you. Our program's not a good fit for you because if you're not willing to make these these changes for yourself, so it's Honestly. not a good fit for everybody. But if you want to put the effort in in terms of time and, and energy to getting your health, getting healthy from the inside out, um, then it, it's very well likely a good program for you. Well, I'm being asked on the text line, what's the average cost of this program? I've been asked that many times. And what I tell everybody is that the program I'm on is not necessarily the program you're going to be on. So the cost varies depending on what you need to do, right? Exactly. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. Now, at your – now, but, and, I, and I will say, just to, to comment on that, you, your health is one of the most important investments you can ever make. Oh, yeah. Um, and, if, and if you don't make a, an investment now, you're going to be forced to pay it in a way that you don't want to later, um, both in terms of time and finances and, um, uh, you know, unintended consequ- health consequences later if you don't get your health under control now. Well, for everybody that doesn't know, when you have a, when you have a widow make a heart attack and they have to do open-heart mm-hmm. surgery on you and do a bypass and then you don't wake up for 56 hours instead of the 16 that you're normally out, the total cost of this to bring you back out of that oblivion is $198,000. Wow. <laughs> $198,000. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, like uh, they didn't allow me to go to the restroom for the first three days, but they charged me for toilet paper every day I was there. <laughs> but uh, there's also the part where they pay, somebody had to be paid for cracking my chest open and putting it, you know, making my heart right. And now yeah. for the first time in since 
this happened in 2015. For the first time, I feel like if, if you're looking at the heart as the picture, the frame that is my body is now actually in a better position to show it off because now I'm mobile again. And I, I'm, I, yeah. you know, the, there is no, uh, there is no, when, when you're sitting there and you're in an ICU room and you got three people helping you stand up, you ask yourself, what have I done? Yeah. I was, I, I, the whole time, what have I done? And, uh, because this wasn't always the way I was, but it happens to everybody. And this is a way to bring it back. And it's a way, uh, that is flexible and it is easy to work with. And I mean, you also have this Facebook group and the Facebook. Now the Facebook group, uh, is, uh, let's see. They actually hack the program. Don't they like, they, they'll get out there and say, here's a soda you could drink. Or here's an ice <laughs> yeah. cream you can have, or here's a, you know, and what they do is this is actually, yeah. and, you direct people to go to that. You direct people to go to the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Actually. yeah, there's. I mean, there's three key components to the program. It's curriculum, so we're teaching you things that um, you need to know that are going to help you for the rest of your life to help you prevent you, um, your listener, from getting into onto that operating table where you found yourself. Number one. Uh, number two is the coaching. And so some people are like, well, I can do that on my own. Well, if you could, then you wouldn't be in our office because you would have done it already, right? So you need the coaching and accountability and the community and that's where it's you're not alone there's other people going through the same thing most people struggle in this in very similar ways and so you're going to get support and encouragement from other people who have been there already or a few steps ahead of you have ideas and tips and tricks that are going to help them to be successful and they can share with you and so between those three things curriculum coaching and community that's where the the success comes well the other part is it's not a starvation diet. That's the part. Like if you're hungry, you eat. The primarily exactly. the the hard. I think the hardest part for me was accepting the fact that I wasn't going to eat anything after seven p.m. Because you fast from seven p.m. to eleven a.m. Yeah, and, on my and program anyway. Yeah, and fasting is incredibly important to help uh, resensitize your insulin, and insulin is what causes problems with weight gain in most people we found yes. over the last 10 years. And, and I, was, I used to be one of those people who felt like uh, you know my, my team was not happy because I was not happy if I didn't eat breakfast. It was what we call hangry. And uh, when I started doing the fasting, they were very worried about my reactions and, and how, how my mood was going to be. Um, but what I realize now is that having done fasting for a number of years is that Inter, what's called intermittent or time-restricted eating fa type of fasting is that if I do eat breakfast now, I'm actually more hungry by the time lunch comes around than if I don't eat breakfast. Um, and so people who feel like, oh, I could not you know, get away with not eating breakfast, um, there's ways around that. So it's all about timing of the eating. So maybe you'll eat breakfast and lunch or a late lunch and you'll skip dinner. It's, it's all about giving your body that window of time, that extended window of time to help you get into the fat burning mode. It's critically important. The beauty of it is once you get into this and everything and you start, you're going to lose weight pretty fast in the initial part of it, which is going to be good. This is going to bring your blood pressure down. You're going to start to be, build lean body mass. And then your metabolism is going to speed up. And then if you do something like have a slice of pizza, your body's just going to burn it like it's garbage. Just don't make it a habit. This is a lifestyle. Right. It's a, exactly. and, and like I said, if you want to come and, and have a discussion with it, I'll be at New Life Weight Loss on Saturday at 10 a.m. Dr. Elliot will be there. Yep. We're going to have some people there that have already been through the program, I hope, and talk to them as well. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join me, sir. Thank you so much for having me. All right.
I got a question. Does anybody, are you feeling the effects of the Hollywood strike? <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. On the tech, uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh, okay, we're going to go that route. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. On the text line, Bill, you have eating problems because you are never happy. Okay. What if I just want to use my belly fat like five pounds? Would it work for me? Yes, it would. It would work for you. But, uh, you know, what, what are your, what's your overall health? And this is the thing. You got to go, you got to go sit down with them. This, I'm not a, I'm not an administrator. I just, I'm part of the program. Um, does anybody know that there's a strike going on in Hollywood right now? Have we run out of things to watch? <laughs> and it's been going on for like a hundred days. And we get to see all of the, the luxurious stars, you know, the great glamorous people out there in their regular clothing where they just look like regular people. They're out there protesting. There's been some talks, but they broke down really quick. Now, let's assume that the people that are not involved with this strike, like you and me, I'm not involved with that strike. I don't have a dog in that fight. How much of a change has this made to your day-to-day -day life? I got a guy on the text line. Let me address this really quick. I got a guy on the text line that's, uh, he was in uh, 152 Mech Infantry, the zoo. And I was in 154 Mech Infantry, mailed foot. Um, so we were all part of the 3rd Brigade in Bomberg in the 80s. 3rd Brigade would have been, uh, we would have been looking for your fourth point of contact and taking your name. The I thought 154 was a very hardcore unit, but it was the Zoo 152. <laughs> that was a special breed of cat there, dude. So, anyway. Anyway. Oh, I have another text that I'm being told I won't read. It's too much. They are obviously good, but not priced right. The commission that the intake folks make is likely too much. They will adjust the biz. They will adjust the biz model. Realize you won't read this. I guess that's all relative, though, isn't it? See, for me, my health means a little bit more. But that's all. That's all fine and good. I'm going to be there at on uh, ten o'clock Saturday if you want to come and talk about it. Back to the strike that we're not noticing. I mean, I don't watch TV, but according to what I understand, all the normal television programming is showing up as usual. We still have films being put out. Here's the problem, though. This is the problem that they're facing, and they don't know how to face it, right? Um, here at WORD, it used to be it was just radio. It was just radio. And nobody cared about any of these newfangled things like podcasts and streams and all this other stuff. But then the delivery of the content began to expand. And there was, a, you know, there's a digital side to it. And digital is something that, you know, when I look at the text line, 
all these people that are actually listening to the show are not, they're not local. And I don't know if they're actually in the, within the broadcast area. They're listening digitally in some cases. And this is, this is improving the reach and everything else. And you have to adjust to the times. Now, with, with, uh, with, with entertainment media, um, if you have a camera that has a 4K, uh, a, a native 4K sensor on it, and you film a film, and it's any good, it can make it on Netflix. You can do it yourself. Some There, there have been plenty of them. There have been plenty of uh, documentaries done that way. I mean, there have been films filmed with a iPhone. So nowadays, things have begun to change. And with the advent of streaming, well, naturally, the, the, the writers and the... Uh, And the actors and everything, they, they want a slice of that pie. And there's been a lot of people that you and I have watched as we were growing up that, uh, you know, they got paid for a while and then it was over and they're done. But we still see their shows. The other thing that's coming up on entertainment that uh, threatens to take them out is AI. <laughs> you got fake virtual actors that are already snagging many roles in films and television. I mean, when uh, you know, when Princess Leia died, when Carrie Fisher died, they they just they just you know, CGI'd her, put her in there, right? When Arnold Schwarzenegger got older and he had to fight himself in Terminator Twenty Three or whatever that one was, they just uh, they just CGI'd the Terminator that he had to fight to be a younger one. So, some actors are asked to sign away the rights to their virtual selves. They'll do something in their likeness, and it's. It looks like them, but it isn't them. And some of these studios just don't want to do it. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to pay. Let's go to Robert and Clinton. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yes, sir. I wanted to say something quick about the writers' strike. Okay. Um, as far as entertainment, I'm not under entertained. The one show I watch is on Paramount Plus. Okay. And that's Strange New Worlds because it's the first fun trick, in my opinion, we've had since the original series in the 60s. Right. Uh, it's, it has its season two finale tomorrow night. After that, I will be canceling Paramount Plus because there's absolutely zero <laughs> on there I want to watch. And they hate that because that means no residuals. Yeah. Especially for Star Trek diseased, otherwise known as Discovery. Yeah. And Picard, which now they decide he's not going to retire. He wants to do legacy, which I could care less about because of the wokeness. So what do I do the rest of my time with television? I watch um, Newsmax. Ooh. I watch oh, an app called Old Movies. And ironically, I watch uh, Paramount's, uh, oh, what is it called? Pluto. And I can see plenty of legacy TV if I'm so inclined. You, you know, I'm running out of time. Have you ever seen Rear Window? Go check out Rear Window. You and I have the same viewing habits. That sound that hey, that I, I'm 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 on that cart with that gentleman with Robert from Clinton. I absolutely am. Uh, the Murder Turtle also is trying to uh, run all the Republicans. I guess he figured he remembered how to talk again. This is News Talk 989 WORD. All right.
before we go out the door here now. The murder turtle found his speech again. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. We can no longer play the political game of being the good guys, of having the decorum, of having the good manners. We are not dealing with a political opponent that is that way. The political opponent that we're dealing with intends to enslave the entire United States. They want, they're all globalists. They, and all of these guys that are out there, Haley is one of them. McConnell's another one. All of these guys all have a little tie to old uh, Klaus Schwab and all this other stuff. So the other day, McConnell, got a, talking to the New York Times because, well, he's Mitch McConnell. Uh, he gets out there and he decided to say, when we had... not I said two years ago when we had not one but two impeachments that once we go down the path and incentivizes the other side to do the same thing. Impeachment ought to be rare. This is not good for the country. How about a little accountability? Why didn't you, when you were in charge of the Senate, and why didn't uh, Ryan, when he was in charge of the House, why didn't you guys protect the president? I know why you didn't protect the president. It's very transparent as to why you didn't protect the president. And why now? Because Biden is a former senator. Why are we looking at him and thinking we shouldn't impeach him because he's my good friend? And what he, what he wants is he doesn't want McCarthy to launch an impeachment inquiry against Biden. Now, Biden has used political office to enrich himself. He's accepted bribes for influence. I might go so far as to say that some of these things he's done might actually compromise us on, in a lot of ways. You got Representative Lauren Boebert. She's out there. She was trying to impeach him in June. Then Marjorie Taylor Greene got in a shouting match with her. And right now, Biden's walking around with a sugar cone and some nice vanilla soft serve, peacefully knowing he won't be impeached. Now, the staff, on the other hand, the staff of the White House, they know that that's not necessarily the way it is in the in the uh, in the uh, rear old rearview mirror for him. But uh, McCarthy, and who's this? I guess spokesman Ian Sam, spokesman for who? Instead of pursuing the shameless and baseless impeachment stunt, House Republicans and Speaker McCarthy should join the president to work on continuing to bring down inflation, lower costs, create jobs, and grow the economy. Okay, well that's just that's just the word salad. That's just there's a bunch of index cards that these guys carry around that have all of these things there. And sometimes when they get stumped, they just get out there and they pull out the primary, you know, the one, and that's it. That was it. In the interim, McConnell, who is an octogenarian now. Biden, who is an octogenarian now. Diane Methuselah Feinstein, who's, how old is she? She don't, she, she's, she's about to be the, it's going to be between McConnell and Feinstein as to who's going to be the next Strom Thurmond. 
And we have a Republican getting out there telling other Republicans, you guys should not hold somebody accountable. For shame. Stand up. Look down the front of your pants. There's something down there. Let them express and then get out there and do the job or get out of the way. You've been a statesman, E-I-E-I-O. Now it's time to retire. You won't have to worry about freezing up on camera anymore. I cannot stand an ineffective leader that gets out there and takes it upon themselves to tell other people what to do. That's all right, though. Every dog has his day. Some have, too. Back in about 22 hours, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.